Welcome to Ethical Rioting. Oh, I broke my table. I have a record button. <laughs> we're re in theory, we're recording. It says we're recording. Haha. -ha. Steve may or may not be joining us. How old are your kids now? My twins are three and a half, and our oldest is six and a half. Okay. I'm Hi, here. Steve? I'm here. Hello. How Wait, are you? You moved. Are you in the living room? What's happening? No, I'm in the bedroom. My dishwasher broke, and so like the mess has expanded from the kitchen and slowly growing. So the bedroom's the last frontier. Wait, the, like the teeny tiny dishwasher that washes like a fork and a spoon and a knife at one time? It's an 18-inch model. These are normal things. Are they? Are they, though? They're offered. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, Good. The short right, answer is don't buy a turn-of-the-century place. <laughs> All right, now that we're all met, we have to go around and say who we are. Huh. Our guest, I'm Katrina. I'm one of your hosts and the creator, I suppose. Class of 01, what up? Um, let's do our guest first. Priya? I'm Priya Parrish. I am your guest. And <laughs> I am also class of 2001. Aren't we all? Isn't, is this like yeah. a, is this whole podcast 2001 people or is this just a span all? Uh, we have had people from other classes, but that involves going outside my comfort zone. And so <laughs> I try to keep it in the comfort zone right now. That's yeah. look, just the fact that we're getting podcasts done with decent audio quality is like a step up from where we started. Good. That is Good. true. The next step is for Katrina to uh, plan questions in advance. Whoa, whoa. That also, I actually feel like the next step is editing, and that is. That is a high bar to clear, sir. Meantime, what are all these male voices? Like we have a plan and then we execute on the questions and then we have somebody who's a third party come in and do the editing. It feels like uh, Matt's right that the next step is questions in but, advance. Steve, you got to introduce yourself if you're going to talk. Well, I feel as if you just introduced me. I'm already class of 01 and I'm already Steve. Okay. Matthew, are you chewing for the ASMR crowd? No, <laughs> although that does come up a lot in our conversation, doesn't it? Um, mm. I didn't have enough for dinner, so I'm eating some more cauliflower. And I am also from the class of 2001. All right. And it then our final, our final guest, Lance. No, you're not a guest. You're our final host. It's been so long. I'm still a host? That's, that, that's, been, that's been a very long time, so I'm glad I'm still considered a host. So we're doing, I mean, should I introduce myself in my year? Is that what we're doing? Yes. And then tell us about what it's like to have sunlight in LA. Uh, tell me about, about what's like in LA? Sunlight. I can see it coming in. Oh, sunlight. Yeah, we saw, I mean, it's it's earlier here. And <laughs> my wife was just commenting, commenting yesterday that it's really nice to not have it be dark at five right now because if it were quarantine and dark at five that'd be just too much too depressing so uh i'm lance i'm into class of 2001 currently in uh los angeles which is um weirdly not polluted right now so you know la is not la is not smoggy and i can't be outdoors to enjoy it is how that is how that works Right, that's how it always goes. Okay, now that Lance is here, he actually is pretty good about asking questions. I told Priya we were just going to ask her to tell us her life story with at least that's like a five minute segue yeah. into Mayor Lightfoot. 
Because Priya, did you did you <laughs> did Katrina give you a warning that uh, most of the words that have been used so far are meant very loosely, like podcast and host? <laughs> I I come into this with with no expectations. I'm just here because I I know all of you, and I was like, well, this is a great opportunity to catch up with you. That's how I yeah. the fact that this recorded. I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's fine with me. <laughs> we have a listening audience of three people. So, hello to all three of them. We're gonna we're gonna be naming you individually as we go. So, special thanks to all of our three listeners. Yeah, we appreciate you, class of '01 and '02. <laughs> anyway, but Priya, wait. So you graduate you graduated with us, 2001. What happened after that? I went to Boston. And I went to undergrad at Babson College, which is in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Okay. But not Wesley. Is it like, do you hate Wesley? Wellesley? So Wellesley, it's right next door to Wellesley. And it, it, it's like the polar opposite of Wellesley. It's like a, it's a, it's an undergraduate business school. And it was, I think, 60 or 70% men and um, very conservative and I hung out at Wellesley a lot. <laughs> that makes sense. That actually makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So you, you graduated with the class of conservative men. And then what That's did you do? Right. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I um, well, when I went to Babson because actually beginning at IMSA, it just kind of was interested in entrepreneurship and starting businesses. And they're kind of known for that. So I started some businesses at Babson. And then while I was kind of, ending my undergraduate years became then really, um, I guess, more, more focused on kind of social issues and um, was really struggling with the idea of just going into business and not doing anything for the world. And so I ended up doing a year-long research project looking at the history of social movements and the role corporations play in them. And through that, um, learned about the role of investors and their ability to help or sometimes get in the way um, of certain certain social issues. And so I ended up going into the financial industry with having no, I didn't even take a single finance class, but with this idea of how can we create more investment products that actually support businesses um, that are doing good. And so that's what I've kind of done over time. And what know. made you decide to leave Boston? Because I mean, there's so much in Boston. And then you were like, nope, I'm done. I'm going back to Chicago where it's still cold in the winter. <laughs> yeah, Boston's, you know, Boston's kind of, I don't, I love the landscape. Um, I loved all the outdoors. The people didn't care as much for, um, it was just, it's kind of like a more standoffish culture. But I actually, I stayed there for a year, year and a half after I graduated. But then I I um, was pursuing a job that happened to be in Chicago, but I'd, I'd kind of eventually known I was going to come back. Just my family's here and I'm pretty close to them. And so I think I probably came back earlier than I expected, but, um, you know, not, not a big surprise. Right. So I love Chicago. Okay. And so as an investor looking at companies, like you say companies that impact social policy immediately, I'm like Patagonia, but I also read outside magazine a lot, which is obsessed with like, outdoor retail and REI and co-ops and what like so if I want to put my money or my time 
or my volunteerism into a company, do I, do I need to invest or can I just be like, I actually will put my retail dollars into Patagonia and I will, that is how I will save the world. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's all good. Like you can, you can vote, you can volunteer, you can spend your money consciously. And then if you have money to invest, you can do that too. Even down to like where you bank, right? Where do you have your bank account? And um, I think particularly for impact investing, which is the, what we called our field today, it's, a, it's, it's definitely for like everyone, but there's also a bit of a, of a um, extra focus on, you know, foundations, endowments, really wealthy people who have lots of money. And the vast majority of that gives no consideration to the impact on society and how can we move those dollars. Um, you know, there's like $20 trillion of professionally managed assets in the U.S. alone. And, um, you know, what can we do to, to harness that power? Um, even foundations, public foundations, you know, 5% of their assets go to grants and, and philanthropy each year. 95% stay invested in their endowment. And that 95% is not supporting their mission. So it's, it's a bit of like, this doesn't really make, make, make sense. You can do all the good you want with your philanthropy and, and voting and con consumption, but there's just so much money and power in your investable dollars. Right. I, this is, I'm so excited to talk to you because I'm like, this is welcome to my thirties <laughs> when all of a sudden I want to change the world. Um, <laughs> Matthew just laughed at me, but you couldn't hear it. Um, so part of me, like I've be slightly become obsessed with public policy, but then I think you're right in that actually changing where we put our money may actually have more effect on the public policy. Maybe not. Maybe my words just made no sense. I mean, are you saying something similar, like uh, as Tesla as a brand has taken off, that there is a certain sense of renewable energy awareness, something like that? I was just thinking, like, I mean, if I would... Go ahead, Priya. I was just going to say that it's all connected. I think public policy matters as, as, as well. Um, you, mean, you can even look at certain tax incentives, even basic things like the fact that, you know, companies can, can it's, it's, they can write off and employees, it's pre-tax to contribute toward their healthcare premiums, right? That's to incentivize them to provide it. Um, and there's a lot more we could do, right? But like the <laughs> policy plus where those dollars are going, the lobbyists, like these are all connected you know. Right. And is this your super passion? Or do you do this in your spare time as well as at work? Or are you like, no, knitting? No, I'm obsessed with this. Okay. I'm just obsessed. I mean, probably too much. I've been like in and out of, like I, I went into the financial industry for this reason, but I made a bunch of pivots along the way to basically gain a certain amount of credibility and know-how with non-impact investors to take me seriously and and so it's all kind of been like on purpose and then and i was i've been experimenting with my own savings and investments all this time i started teaching i became an adjunct professor at u chicago a few years ago and started teaching this there and other schools so it's kind of like taken over my life <laughs> right. in a good way but that's fantastic do you run into matthew at u chicago do you like i've high never five? run into priya we ran into each other on the blue line once, right? Oh yeah, that's right. We saw each other once on the blue line, and then also um, at the last uh, class reunion. Just a long time ago. But Wait, the ten year or the fifteen year? Because the fifteen year was sad. I, f I was thinking it was really sad. 
Yeah, it was the 15th. So sad. We got to up our game for the 20 year, you guys. We got to make this better. Well, it was mixed. Mixed all the classes, and it was horrible. It hit it because you didn't get a sense of, you weren't with your people, really. The 15 year reunion uh, historically has low turnout, um, but ours was really low. Uh, but what's funny about the fact that I have not seen you since that time on the blue line. I also ran into Mark McClendon once on the blue line. Um, four of the five of us on this call, I believe live within like a mile of each other. Oh, right. We're all Wicker Park Bucktown. Who's the, who's the person who lives further out? If I could <laughs> with sunlight right now, Lance. Oh, so jealous. I'm, uh, I live at, uh, Augusta and Milwaukee, basically. I live just um, like two blocks south of the actual park, Wicker Park. Oh, okay. yeah. We're all, Steve is not going to tell us where his address is because he's scared about the Katrina people. has slowly learned where the levels of my comfort are in <laughs> podcast <laughs> privacy, you know, revelations. Yeah. Even, even I'm is, in the um, Wicker Park area. Steve is uh, joining from uh, the same place where Dick Cheney is. <laughs> right, but Dick Cheney's dishwasher works, is the difference. Uh, the Cheney's dishwasher is a human being. <laughs> and let's That's be wrong. honest, if the dishwasher stops working, they get a new one right away. <laughs> oh, oh. It's sad because it's true. I know. Lance, this is your time. This is when you shy and think of another question to ask Priya that well, doesn't involve dishwashers. I've got a question if you don't have one, Lance. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask, um, I remember you being into entrepreneurship when we were at IMSA, but what I can't remember is whether uh, IMSA was talking a lot about entrepreneurship then or if it was a few years after we graduated. It was after because um, for inquiry day, I had really honestly, I think IMSA actually drove out any interest I had in math or science. Like I entered with a ton and <laughs> like very quickly had none. Um, and then I, I like didn't want to, you know, do one of these. Yeah, right. I like, I didn't want to go to whatever Northwestern and do some research. And so I wanted like a business internship or inquiry day and um, they were they looked at me like I had four heads. Um, and then somehow someone um, told me about this this consultant. He like run, ran his own food consulting company in Chicago, and he, they put me in touch. And that was my inquiry day. And I would go to his office and I wrote business plans. I wrote a few different business plans under his guidance. And um, anyway, so that was kind of that kind of put me on the on the path. But they, no, they were not supportive at the time but now i think they do have like a they're i don't know i don't i don't know if it's like built in the curriculum but i think they're definitely supportive of folks i mean part of it is i think a number of IMSA alum have gone on to be pretty successful entrepreneurs and contributed back to the school so i mean now well, that now that IMSA sort of needs youtube uh youtube money to to survive i bet they do yeah yeah what was the uh company that you had your mentorship with what what kinds of things did they do I, well, he had, he consulted food businesses, but he was just, he turned into a mentor of mine. I'm still in touch with him. Um, but I wrote a business plan. I had a few, one of them was kind of a, it was, I don't know if you guys remember, I was really into music at IMSA. I played a lot of instruments. I still do, but I was really interested then in the music industry. And so I kind of researched that and it was right at the time where 
you know, there was um, Napster and things like this. And so I kind of wrote a business plan um, about a, kind of a, an, an independent production and, and record company that would basically derive revenues more on um, events and experiences than CDs. So it was like right when that was happening, I didn't do it, obviously, but I kind of wrote it. You literally just uh-huh. described what the music industry lives on right now. <laughs> like no one, yeah, it was no fun. It was artist cool. makes money on the music, they make it on the tour. And which is why that industry has been decimated. That's right. And that was my whole point. That's right. And it was about building fan club. Anyway, so I did that. I'm and then saying I you were ahead of the curve. You were like... Well, here's... Well, watch out, because my second one was way... I missed it. So I... <laughs> Also, in middle school and high school on the weekends of them, so I worked at a pizza shop in my hometown, and that's how I paid, that's how I took care of myself, you know, um, and I was always really curious about, it. it was like in a strip mall, and, you know, people would come in, like, order their pizza for their family, and then they'd go down the street to Blockbuster, get a movie, and come in, and so I had another business plan <laughs> that was, like, pizza and movie rentals in one store, <laughs> thank God I didn't do that, right? Um. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, but also part of me is like red box and pizza. Like you just go and you get your, put it together, but you're right. Well, you can't, it's hard to stream a pizza. But you know, you could at this point have like DoorDash and you go to red box and you pick your movie out of the red box, but then there's also pizza delivery from the same spot. I don't know. Yeah. A pizza from a red box. You just type it in and it gets it. delivered. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I want pizza. So yeah. And then I had a website design kind of business type thing that I did for a few um you know, companies and organizations then and that's kind of what I don't know. I I knew I had an interest in this. So Yeah, that's great. I keep coming up with ideas for businesses and then refusing to follow through on them because it requires work. Here's another controversial question for you. Since we're in Chicago and you used to work at a pizza place, give us your thoughts on uh, Chicago pizza in all its forms. Answer carefully. Now it's going to get, now it's going to get testy. Yeah. Having a good time. (laughs) I love it all. I have, I I have no pizza style to put down anywhere in the world. I think that's different moods and different toppings taste better with different types. Like for instance, I live close by to um, craft pizza in Wicker Park. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's excellent. It's kind of thin and floppy, um, kind of New York style. It's excellent. <laughs> and then I also like Lou Malnati's um, and the deep dish as well as their thin crust. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it. I, I don't. <laughs> exactly. Put pizza in front of you. <laughs> but yeah. it's also the truth. I won't, I won't turn down a slice of pizza. <laughs> it make, I, like, I understand why, but it makes me sad when I have friends come to Chicago and they're like, let's go out for pizza. And I'm like, no. No, there's so much good food in this city. We're not gonna waste a meal on a fucking pizza. I mean, and I love pizza. Oh, I'm oof. censor. You're gonna have to put explicit on that one, Katrina. Right. Also, our three listeners are going to be—they're gonna start sending me hate email now, guys. You can also tweet at the Rioting. I don't check it, so good luck. But if any current students who listen to this, I would think that they might be interested. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if we were going to do that, we would probably have to finally get serious about, you know, planning and editing. Well, I mean, that does that? afford an internship opportunity to a present student to handle the production of a full podcast on their own. It's true. 
Yeah, but they could do that with their own friends. Like, why do it with people? Because they would have no emotional investment with us. They do whatever well, they plus want. Plus, all of us, all of us are cooler than their friends anyway. So, <laughs> shots fired, Lance. No, I'm just saying <laughs> that's just how cool we are. <laughs> I appreciated it, Lance. I want you to know. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, Priya, I mean, uh, Matthew, I mean, Matthew, Matthew, no disrespect, but like Matthew um, is uh, working in anthropology. So I sort of have some idea of what that looks like when he teaches anthropology at uh, Chicago. What does it look like for you? Like what's a, what's a teaching load or what kind of coursework do you teach? Yeah, I'm an, I'm an adjunct and I teach once a year, one class. Um, I do a lot of extracurricular, like I do office hours once a month, one whole day and I'll do workshops. I do some exec ed type, you know, one or two day trainings, but um, so it's very much on the, on the side and just a, you know, a way of giving back and getting more people into this field. Um, but it's really fun. Like right now, the, the, I'm teaching the class right now and the, the, it's very experiential. Um, so it's not just, you know, the theory, um, it's basically the core project is the students kind of we group them into teams based on certain domain areas like could be climate change could be health education financial inclusion they have to research the core challenges and problems in that space and what might be certain commercial solutions for it develop a thesis go find a company like a startup to invest in diligence it do all the work and then present it and then Last year, we raised a student impact fund at UChicago that would fund some of these that come out of the class. And so the wow. money actually goes to them. So it's pretty cool, actually. It's a really neat experience for the students. And I just, I love it. Um, so it's fun. Thursday, 6 to 9 p.m. Is that <laughs> through Harris or the business school or what? It's through the business school. Okay. It's, I mean, as you know, with UChicago, like we get folks from the other schools as yeah. well, but it's offered through the business school curriculum yeah. right and then oh I had a question and I lost it I can go back to pizza I've started making my own homemade pizza it's not as good I just want to know if anyone else has tried homemade pizza yet I've tried it I make homemade pizza yeah. like a few times a year not as good <laughs> Me I have a recipe for a, for a yeast crust i really like it's been a while since i've made it but you actually you mix the mix the yeast and throw it in the fridge for an hour or i guess on the counter you wouldn't throw it in the fridge but I, it's pretty good if you get it on a on a on a good day i really like it so it's uh it's the thin crust so it's kind of pub style but it's still good i i don't know if it's just because i live in california now or just because i don't know i'm not 22 anymore but we've been doing a lot of cauliflower crusts mm. and some of them are pretty good i really like cauliflower crusts now so you and matthew he was eating cauliflower when he joined the call you you said cauliflower and i was like that was the magic where we actually come to think of it had had, had pizza cauliflower crust pizza for lunch today because we needed something quick and easy so cheers to cauliflower i suppose yeah priya how has your life changed and since you graduated from imsa like have you you said that this became your public, what you do became your passion and you're obsessed with it. So you've dived even deeper into that. But are there other areas of your life where you're like, never thought I would end up doing this? I never thought that I would end up making pizza from scratch. Like, why? 
Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not really, it's hard for me to pinpoint back like at, at IMSA. Um, but cause I can't remember that far back, what was on my mind. Um, so I don't really know. I, I never thought I'd have kids. <laughs> I have three kids. <laughs> That's certainly something. Um, but otherwise I don't know. I think like, you know, life has its twists and turns. I didn't predict exactly what I'd be doing right now, but I knew it probably something related. Like I was finding my way to this, right? Um, this is not meant to be creepy, but it's probably going to come across as creepy. And I hope that Arthur doesn't listen to this episode. because I'm going to call him out. Um, I live with Arthur Pope. And a couple of months ago, Arthur said, he, he was like, he, he said that he was afraid that he had um, uh, made your partner uncomfortable because he was walking down the street and he recognized your kids from Facebook. And so he like smiled at them really big. And then while he was smiling at them really big, he realized that he had never met any of, any of the rest <laughs> of the million person. So they had no clue who he was. And so then he stopped smiling and then tried to walk away before he made anybody uncomfortable. That's amazing. That is a pretty amazing story. That is amazing. He should have said hi. My wife was very friendly. Um, <laughs> she would have, and yeah, and you just say IMSA, right? They were like, yeah. oh, you welcome to the family, right? Right. So that's cute. He, he and yeah, I did. We're, we're, around the, we're around the neighborhood a lot. We walk around a lot. We run into people. We, we did, he and I did creep out a young woman and her mother a couple of years ago. We were at Costco, and when we were walking out to leave, we, and I forget her name, uh, she is surely a graduate by now, uh, she was wearing an IMSA t-shirt, and so we went up to her and her mom and said, oh, excuse us, could we just say hello, and they looked at us, I mean, I don't remember how we phrased it, but it, we could have said something that was not quite as, like, we could have said, oh, we went to IMSA, um, so then, so then they just sort of paused and looked at us, looked at us and they're like, yeah, can we help you? And then we were trying to explain, we're like, we went to your same high school. And then we had a nice conversation, but, and you know, we just need to like, we could have done the introduction smoother. <laughs> Are you implying that as IMSA students, you felt unprepared for social interactions? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point out that like, we have a, uh, a homecoming king on this call and Priya was good enough at social interactions that she read names at graduation which is an elected position was it not Ooh, oh man we're about to go into like uh controversial territory so i'm just saying that like Wait. we no, may no, no, hold on let's not interrupt no, 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 Katrina. You, I think I, this is, you have the memory of what was supposed to happen, but I was one of the group of students who was um, expelled a couple oh. of days before graduation, and I was meant to read the names, and they revoked that, because um, they, they told me I even couldn't graduate, but then I, I worked my way back to that, and I got to go, escorted by my father. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Literally, all I remembered was you being like, I had, can say every single one of you 210 names, like, just to practice. I was ready. 
I was ready. This was, because, this was because rites of passage, wasn't it? That's right. That was so stupid. It was pretty stupid. <laughs> um, so Are we one mad of that us we wasn't did there rites of for these rites of passage. What was that? I wasn't there for rites, for this particular set of rites of passage. Uh, and so I feel like I'm missing a part of the story. If it has to be relayed in a different medium, I understand. There, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll give the full story through different media, but the, the official line was that it had to do with the theft of letterhead. Right. If I'm remembering correctly. I don't remember Priya. There were other things. Yeah, there, were a lot of, there were a lot of pieces. We wouldn't want to get any current seniors. I don't know if it's still happening or if that our year was the year that they cracked down and it never happened again. I'm not really sure. Do you think um, now they're like mailing it to I mean, I played a senior. very small part in it, you know. But I thought it was always on official letterhead. Yeah. So When we were there, it always was. So that, okay, we'll have to do this offline. I'll tell you, for those of you who don't know what number, <laughs> just say the year they decided that they were going to show the students that they knew what was going on. <laughs> Whatever. Like the most trouble I've ever gotten in, in my life, you know? <laughs> How many people were there that weren't able to walk? Was it... You know, close number. I mean, just for sake purposes of relaying this. Actually, Katrina, stop recording. <laughs> and uh, audience will pick up back in uh, a few moments. Okay. Pausing. Okay. Okay. And welcome we back, everybody. Six minutes left. We have to. Priya. We have to. We have to say, oh, like it was a big thing. Or, yeah. I was going to say, I totally support yeah. Priya's position. No, we have six minutes, and I need Priya to tell me about meeting <laughs> the eminently memeable Mayor Lightfoot. Extremely like, she memeable. is a national icon now, and you met her. Yeah, she's cool, right? She's making our city proud. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I don't, so I, there's not a lot to my story, and then there's parts of it that I, I can't share, but I'll just say even the parts I can't share are not really a lot. I basically, I was speaking at an event and um, at the, it was like Wintrust Bank's uh, event. It was like their pride month and whatever, they had me speak. And ahead of it, they just, um, they, they told me that Lori Lightfoot was gonna come and say hello. And so I sat down with her and the CEO of Wintrust and um, one of the other speakers and observed a very interesting conversation. <laughs> I was like, it was, it was just, it was just interesting. That's <laughs> all. So, but like, I wasn't, I didn't like, I mean, I talked to her a little bit, but I'm not like BFF with Lori Lightfoot or anything. You weren't I like the way, you weren't like the way to solve the Chicago budget crisis is that we need to invest. I put a plug in for impact investing. I'm okay. kind of always doing that. I have no <laughs> idea. You even heard me. I did meet her one other time too, though, um, very early on in her campaign at a, a urban farm in the city where I used to teach yoga at, like a family yoga class, and she was campaigning there. And, you know, this is like really early days and super casual and like you would have never thought that she would ever be the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> really great, but just kind of like you just didn't, it was, it was surprising to me. Um, so... But yeah. Uh, you teach yoga? I used to teach. So I grew up in an ashram, a yoga ashram. And I started the yoga club at IMSA. Um, 
And so I've been, I had been teaching yoga since then. I taught in college and then after college, yeah, I kept teaching just like a free community class once a week until I was like very pregnant with my first son. And then I stopped. And then after I gave birth to the twins, I thought I could get back into it. And I started teaching again on this farm. And then I was like, no, I can't do this. I have no time for this. (laughs) So I have not taught in a while now, unfortunately. Do you still practice for yourself? Not, not as much as I want to. No, I'm not regular. Yeah, that's fair. I practice when I can go to a gym, which obviously is not happening right now. Yeah. I was work at, working out more regularly than, any, than at any other point in my adult life before March 13th. And as soon as the uh, uh, stay-at-home order kicked in, I worked out for maybe the first week after that, and then it has basically just gone to zero. So. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it, how hard it is to work out? It's like, I've got tons of time, no commute, no this, no that, and then... Yeah. Yep. All my exercise used to be soccer games, you know, two or three games a week, oh, yeah. and now, <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, sit at the desk all day, do work. I did run into Steve on the street a few days ago, and he was headed home with a dowel rod to build <laughs> a... A cardboard castle with a drawbridge for an entity that was not clear if Steve was using it or another human or a dog. Tell me about this drawbridge. This sounds amazing. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we're still in the planning phases, okay? But a cardboard fort, I think that's pretty clear. And, you know, you need a drawbridge. Uh, Is it for you or is it for a guinea pig or a dog or... I mean, it's for me and somebody else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Priya. Can we just pause but, the recording uh, again? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> we have two minutes. <laughs> it turns <laughs> out we can. Katrina, by the way, Zoom I, meetings. through you, Chicago, I can use a Zoom link that doesn't have a time limit if you want. I mean, we'll talk about that for the next episode. <laughs> we'll take it offline. Yeah. Planning? <laughs> Wait, but Priya, how many forts have you built with your kids? Ooh, a lot. But they've built a lot more than they have done with me. I mean, it's almost every day. It's very creative, interesting things. Also, they've been like climbing one tree in our yard and they climb the tree. It's been a lot of fun collectively. Well, this has been a lot of fun and I expect we're going to get cut off soon. We should talk again. Uh, Yeah, let's like talk in real life too. Yeah. Wait, everybody smile. I'm going to take a screenshot. One, two. Yay! Nothing all like right. listening to a screenshot on an audio recording. It was good ah, to see you all. Special, special bonus for everybody at home. You just heard us take a screenshot. Podcasting at its finest. Yeah, it's I great. always miss Lance's announcements. Like it's the, I think it really is a, a certain artistic element of these podcasts. Do, do I make announcements? Uh, just narrations. Oh, I just I like to tell the listeners what's going on that we're doing. That's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb here or in the zoom room because it's pretty it's pretty hilarious i mean when all we're all in a room together it's kind of amazing I and mean, this is this is fun too but still well someone had to move to la lance i you know i miss i miss chicago i love chicago um you know my wife would be very upset if i was still there and she was here doing research so yeah so, Priya, should we end with the, the best and worst things for you about quarantine? Isolation, mm. whatever we're calling it. Oh, wow. No one's ever... No, no pressure, but you got eight seconds. 
best thing is I'll do, best thing is lots of time with my kids. Worst thing is lots of time with my kids. 